And welcome to the lesser spotted new age boxing podcast. Surprise! <laughs> we we uh, we found each other. Yeah, we were just walking through the desert of Saudi Arabia, um, trying to avoid journalists getting beheaded. And yeah, found one another in a pop-up stadium. It's amazing. Yeah, we haven't actually left Saudi Arabia yet either. I was coming out of the UCAD hearing, <laughs> if there was one. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that. So there was one. Might have been. Oh, right, okay. Don't know. Still, still cryptic, eh? Yeah. Yeah, how you doing? Uh, yeah. We have seen one another. We've just not fucking bothered to sit down and do this. Yeah. I um, have been left frustrated by boxing, I guess. Um, and it's not touching you where you want it to. Is <laughs> my PE teacher all over again. <laughs> he was touching you where you wanted him to. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Uh, we got my shorts again. <laughs> Who's that teacher we have with the really, really tight shorts? Uh, Richard. Something. Oh, Probably shouldn't say his second name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he never did anything to either of us. Didn't he? That we didn't enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> that we didn't ask a black male to do more of. <laughs> <laughs> that was a mistake. That was a mistake. It might have been a fucking mistake, but you're going to do it again, otherwise you'll get banged up, son. Right, so we've touched on nonsense kids in PE classes. <laughs> nonsense us. Non- <laughs> Welcome back <laughs> to the Boxing Podcast. Uh, I, I heard that he shagged one of the other teachers in yeah, the showers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I think the whole school heard that story. He did dress like a porn star would dress if they were a PE teacher. Yeah, he was the ex-rugby player type, wasn't yeah. he? That, like, doesn't matter how cold it is. You're yeah. still going out there. And it's like, he goes up to the sports shop and he's like, what size shorts do you do? Like, large, medium, no, children's shorts that I can fit into. Like, size five I, to six I'd year admit old. He found them in lost property. Yeah. He didn't bother going to, <laughs> yeah, he didn't bother going to the sports shop. But I bet he was, since the 70s as well. I bet he was a riot on a night out though. Mm. I bet he was a one man stag do. Oh yeah. He, he was the guy that would be smashing other teachers in the shower. Oh, 100%. Th- those weren't rumours. Those to be fair. Those weren't rumours. Maybe he does want us to say his last name. He's like, ah, this started off bad, but I'm starting to sound like a bit of a legend here. <laughs> um, right, so I guess get on to boxing. But before we do, in a, in a way, um, as we've sort of spoken about on Twitter a few times, and I'm acutely aware that a lot of our listeners don't aren't on Twitter or whatever, so I feel the need to sort of expound on that. You touched, you put it brilliantly the other day on your tweet. Um, so just try and sum up because certainly when I read it I thought actually yeah that's more or less exactly how I feel and I imagine it would resonate with a lot of our listeners so just sort of verbalise what you put on Twitter the other day um, it was about my frustration to try to frame it correctly the sport as a whole I think 
when Terry was chatting about it, probably 18 months ago, and was saying about it being in a bubble, and the bubble at some point will burst. I feel like that bubble has burst. Um, and it's not that you're only there for the good times of the sport, because you'll sit... You know, if you love the sport of boxing, a good fight is a good fight. It doesn't matter how well the sport is doing financially, where the income is going, where it's going. A good fight is a good fight. But there's a massive part of me that has just lost interest. It's probably the best way of putting it. Lost interest in certain levels. Like, there's a chasm that sits... I'm going out to New York two weeks' time to go and watch Richard Comey, Tiafimo Lopez and see Terence Crawford and to go for a trip to New York. That will be incredible. Like That fight, I can't wait for. Joshua Ruiz, I can't wait for. So much intrigue around it. Last night, I was down at York Hall for the Goodwin show. There were three English title fights, Southern Area fight, a couple of 50-50 fights. Couldn't wait for it. Everything that sits in between those levels, I just, I've lost the fucking will to live with, to be honest. Sky Fight Nights, where you've got... And I haven't watched it back, so this is going to be so um, uh, hypocritical of me to some level. I haven't watched it at all. Callum Smith, John Ryder. I didn't watch it at the time because I assumed Callum Smith should flatten John Ryder. By the record books, by if you follow the the lineage of where their, their wins and losses have come. The quote-unquote form book. Yeah, exactly. Then there's no reason John Ryder should live with Callum Smith. As it happens, he did. And by most people's accounts, he if not won it, came very close to winning it. And yet, when you look at what the scorecards were, Callum Smith walks away with the fight. And it's fucking wrong. Like, and that's not the only one. Anthony Crawler, you know, when he had his goodbye fight, when he had his testimonial fight, and he got the win out of that, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have. And it damages that lad on the other side because he could have got a boost in his career by beating Anthony Crawler and going on and doing something else. Anthony Crawler's going off into the sunset. He'll go and work on Sky Punditry. It just feels wrong, that side of it. When you look at the whole PED side of the sport, it fucks me off. fucks me off horribly. Um, You know, I don't know where the blame lies. UCAD, the British Boxing Board of Control, I don't know where the blame lies. But this whole Dillian White escapade is disgusting. Um, and the fact that he's fighting over in Saudi Arabia on a card that's got four people that have had PED issues in the past, either failures or very big question marks, two of them twice. Uh, who, who are twice? Um, Dillian White now and Marius Vac. Um, it's that side of it is disgusting because when you have Patrick Day die very recently um, and you have people within the sport and I'm not going to single out Hearn alone because there were others too that wax lyrical about the um, the difficulty of seeing one of our own one of the boxing family lose their life when you hear about Charlie Wynn got damaged in sparring and you know, there are fundraisers for Charlie Wynn. Fantastic that people are going out of their way to do that. But when the people at the top level are going out of their way to move Danny Jacobs versus Cesar Chavez to another state because the state it was initially meant to be in, they didn't meet the, the VADA rules for it, so they just picked that fight up and moved it somewhere else. 
when you've got a fight taking place in the middle of the fucking sandstorms, like Darude's gonna turn up, and that's got four PED cheats on it. You can't then give me the tears when Patrick Day dies because they're crocodile tears, because they're absolute fucking bollocks. And it's quite disgusting as a boxing fan to sit and watch that and to see the outcome of it. So fresh in the memory is that Patrick Day death that you then are complicit in trying to fucking damage other people through drug taking. There are four people on that card that have had issues with drug authorities in the past. You can't, with one hand, be so upset about Patrick Day, you can't then move it on a a matter of weeks, hours, and have that card. It's wrong to me. It's wrong. It's disgusting. Um, What's going on with the sport? Like, there were these two billion pound or billion dollar deals. You had the PBC and you had the DAZN one. Like, where is that money? And granted, that money will stay in America. But then the UK, what is going on with the UK boxing scene? If you're in America, fantastic. You're getting some good fights over there. Um, But as a UK boxing fan, I don't fucking care. Like, I'm not sitting up until three o'clock in the morning. I don't really have the time to go back typically of a weekend. You know what my weekends are like. I don't really have the time on a Sunday to pick up my phone and sit and watch. I'm not being funny. Any, any sports, any fan of any sport, if you tell me that the thrill is still in the sport and you're not watching it live, you're in the minority. It's bollocks. You have to go out your way to try and avoid the result in exactly. the morning. And so, like, I, I mean, you have, you're absolutely right. You have a hectic life. And I'm not the only one. I'm, I'm one of exactly. lots of people. But you are t- typical of someone who has a life, a part of social life to yourself. A part of your life is dedicated to your kids. Part of your life is dedicated to work. And you're spread really thin. So that, in combination with the fact that sport is better watched live and that sort of stuff, you're not going to have as much of an appetite all the time to be able to dedicate to go, kids, just, uh, just go and do something for 20 yeah. minutes or for 50 minutes whilst I watch the, the boxing. So, yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, so and most people listen to this world too. You can't grab like an hour to go, right, I'm going to sit and watch Carl Frampton versus some bloke I've never heard of that happened in Vegas last night. Because I don't fucking care about it, frankly. And, you know, I'm a Frampton fan. I like Frampton. Like, as a person and as a boxer. But I don't care enough to sit and re-watch a fight from last night against a bloke I've never heard of that I heard he won on points. What's going on in the UK? I mean, last night there was a Frank Warren show that was headlined by Lerone Richards versus... Name escapes me. Um, Clark. Lennox Clark. British super middleweight title fight. Like, on the undercard of that was Zelani Tete versus Casemiro. I'll see the results. I'll look through the results. But I don't care enough to go and find a recording of it and watch it again today. Because there's not enough in there at the moment to make me reinvest as a boxing fan. And when I see coming up on the Frank Warren show before Christmas, Daniel Dubois versus Fujimoto or Fuji Mountain or Fuji Picks or whatever the fuck the geezer's name is from Japan, who's going to get bowled over. He turned up at a press conference with a panda sat next to him. <laughs> what the fuck? So... All these like the the sport is rotten in the UK at the moment. For me, there are big fights that you can get excited about. The Josh Taylor Reggie Progray fight um, that we went to down the O2 and saw Riku and various others down there. Craig Scott came down, met up with loads of people. Fan brilliant fight, fantastic. But there's just this chasm 
that I can't give a single fuck about at the moment. Because when you watch it and you, you know, if you dedicated, you know, the 36 minutes to watch Callum Smith, John Ryder, plus the minute breaks in between, plus all the build up and the, the stuff afterwards, to then see three judges who, again, I haven't seen it, so I can't speak of any authority, but by the majority of accounts, three judges have have taken away the livelihood of John Ryder. I can't get behind that. I find that really hard. Um, Especially off the back of what we've seen in the last two years of just, frankly, dodgy slash crap judging in several, maybe not overall fights, but several single accounts of judges who have, you've got... You know, whatever it is, a close fight. A cl- uh, t- three judges. Close fight, close fight, wide win. And you're like, what? Terry O'Connor apparently last night came out of a blinder in Sam Bowen versus Anto Kakache, uh for British title fight where two judges had it relatively wide, I believe, to Kakache, whereas Terry O'Connor had given it to Sam Bowen. I was just reading, I sat down in York Hall just reading the Twitter reactions towards it. I think that... I find it hard to get on board of it at the moment. And the UK is becoming a laughing stock for it. Someone needs to fucking sort it out. Whoever it is, whoever, whether it's the WBA, the WBO, the WBC, or the British Boxing Board of Control, the IBF, whoever it is, there needs to be something whereby people are held to account because you're damaging people's careers, you're damaging their future income, any other sport, any other... um, any other industry, if you did your job so fucking badly, you would get called in front of many others and probably not be allowed to do your job again. How does it consistently happen? And it's not an accident. It's not like the away fighter gets those dodgy results. The away fighter never gets those dodgy results. Ever. It doesn't happen. It's always the home fighter that happens to Basically, be on... you can predict who's going to get... Exactly. Like, yeah, it's... So I've been making notes whilst you've been going through it. But I just want to say one final oh, thing no, if I can on it. that. Before I forget about it, you've got notes, I haven't. <laughs> like, when you're bringing someone over to the country to judge, and granted not Terry O'Connor, he lives in this country, but if you've got international judges coming over for world title fights... If you're willing to give them the nicest hotels, if you're willing to give them the nicest food, the alcohol they like, any fucking drugs in the world, prostitutes, give them whatever they want to their hotel room, do you think they're going to behave in the nicest possible way in a, you know, see things down the middle? I don't. Now, I'm not saying that that definitely happens. I'm not saying all of those things off my menu are given to them. But there's nothing really to stop you from doing that, other than the law. But fuck that. Um, and I question, I'd question seriously, seriously question the morality of it. And I think that's what gets to me is that I can't get on board with that. You know, when you're looking at the, all those issues that we just run through. Plus, who's looking after these fighters? Who's looking after their their physical well-being? Who's actually in charge of doing that who's in charge we're using technology that's like 60 70 years old we're looking at a sport whereby every other sport is progressing what they're using we're still using gloves that they've been using for 60 70 years all these things to me just i think the sport needs a kick up the ass and 
I find it hard to watch it knowing that or feeling that not enough is necessarily being done to protect those people in the ring, both from a physical point of view, a moral a moral point of view, and a welfare mental welfare as much as physical welfare point of view. And that's that's where I'm at at the moment with it. And and then I went to York Hall last night and York Hall last night was so good. So good. It, it, like refit if my energy level was low with boxing last night gave it a proper top up. I'm not saying all the way to full, but I got half a tank maybe off the back of it. There were three English title fights. You had Liam Dillon, Yusuf Kamari. Uh, English super featherweight title fight which was phenomenal. You had Liam Dillon you knew what he was going to bring beforehand. Walks forward, squat strong like a bull. You could hit him with a baseball bat and he'd smile at you. Against Yusuf Kamari, back foot, slick fighter, efficient, doesn't throw too many shots. Um, maybe lacks the pop to be able to do some proper damage to fighters, but lovely fight to watch. Ended in a draw. Fantastic. A draw was okay. I'm all right with that. I scored it to Kamari, but I'm just glad there was nothing too wide either way. You had Linus Eudofia, who we've waxed lyrical about for the best part of, what, three years maybe? Um, Good friend. Fighting for the English uh, middleweight title against Tyler Denny, who'd come down from the Midlands. Just a fight of two good men. Linus was the aggressor in the fight, but it swung back and forth. Linus was getting hit far too often. I'll speak with him probably at some point this week and uh, just see how he's getting on. But he was he was leaving the left side of his chin far too open. If Tyler Denny had a bigger punch in him, I'd, I think Linus would have struggled slightly more maybe. Um, but it was such a close fight anyway. One judge had it scored a draw um, and then two gave it to Linus. Again, a draw... Would have been difficult to argue if I had it six rounds to four in Linus's favour. But just a a superb fight. And the place was absolutely electric. Electric. Um, Then you had Echo Esserman coming down from Nottingham, taking on Curtis Felix of Northampton for the English welterweight title. Um, Esserman proved that he's a class act, an absolutely class act. He, um, Curtis Felix, I'm not saying he was outgunned, but I think he was... Esserman was better in probably all departments, I think it's fair to say. Um, but Curtis Felix didn't embarrass himself. It's just that Esserman proved that he's a, a big-level fighter and he's going to move upwards from that. Um, but then you had some other brilliant fights. Dominic Felix against Daryl Church, which isn't for anything in particular. They had the most emotional fight that I've ever seen. Jamani Camiro, who um, a friend of ours, has taken on Justin Menzies. Justin Menzies is... Um, squat lightweight who has had such a hard, hard upbringing, life in the sport, etc., etc. He takes his fight a few weeks back. It's a, a make or break for him almost. And then his mum dies this week. His mum dies after a hard cancer battle. And he still gets in that ring last night. And he fights the first round. Jumani must be half a foot taller than him. Jumani's a pain in the ass for anyone to fight walks you down, stands you up in the corner and will pressure you. You need to have something really special about you to take Jamani on. And Justin got um, tagged too often in the first round. His, his defensive chain was falling apart a little bit. Sits down in the corner right in front of where I'm sat, right like half a yard in front. And you could hear he, he didn't want didn't to carry on. Um, and it wasn't that he quit. Well, he did quit. He did quit. 
because his head wasn't in it. He wasn't right. He wanted to see if he could go in there and do it for his mum last night. And after one round, he realised he couldn't. And what he said was he didn't want to embarrass himself. He took the microphone after he just lost, after being pulled out after one round, took the microphone in front of a packed York Hall, gave the most emotional speech about how his mum had been dying of cancer, um, gave us the most heartbreaking of stories and how he got in there last night. And it was beautiful to hear, beautiful to watch. Jumani Camaro was just embracing him in the middle of the ring. And the whole thing was just, honestly, man, it was like you'd been cutting onions in there. It was it, it was immense. Um, and that whole thing, it, it refilled some of my love. So I saw the likes of Daniel Smith there last night. Tabitha, uh, Brooke, Sam O'Reilly. All these people, Dan Frost, that you, you want to connect with. You want to, you know, when you see them, you get a good feeling about seeing them. Others as well that I've forgotten about. It didn't fill my love back up to the top, but it's made me realise that I'm basically a fucking casual. That's what I've turned into now. I've turned into someone that will watch people that I care about, or I'll watch the mega fights. And the bit in the middle, I don't really care. Welcome to my world, my friend. That's what I've turned into, and I'm okay with it. And so, that's probably why you're going to hear less and less of us. Because, frankly, the sport isn't giving me enough reasons to give my hours to it. So, all the dross, all the wank, all the stuff that they're feeding on Sky and BT that basically isn't good enough, I'm not going to watch it. That's where I'm at at the moment. And so, what am I going to turn up here and talk about? Be a fraud. I'm a fraud already. (laughs) It's pointless uh, trying to have an argument with me about it because I'll be like, that's exactly what I've been trying to say. Well, <laughs> not trying to convince anyone by by any means, but like, yeah, that's exactly right. So I, I appreciate that's been a one man diatribe for the last ten minutes, probably. <laughs> but that's kind of me trying to vocalise what I'd put on Twitter the other day. I think um, I think certainly a lots of things will resonate with what you said. Lots of things will resonate with with people. I mean, listening to you there, I made a few notes on things and. What seems to what seems odd with me is, and I'm by no, when I say this, I'm not pointing any fingers because I I realise as I was sort of forming these thoughts that I'm actually part of that problem as well, um, and I'll go on to sort of explain why. But with PEDs, now leaving aside the the idea that um, you know you take PEDs and then you're crying about dead boxes, yeah, they they are in direct opposition to each other in terms of you take PEDs to make yourself bigger stronger faster than you should than you quote unquote should be I suppose yeah. uh, you're cheating and then you could yeah exactly so but leaving that aside just one second you take something and I realise I've been criticised this before but I'm going to do it anyway you take a team sport like football or even rugby frankly when you get uh, a footballer from either sport who decides they're going to go I don't know and do whatever they want to do against club rules or whatever. Something that's regularly thrown, like carted out is no players bigger than the club. And that seems to be a really emotive way of getting fans on side of like, yeah, absolutely. No one's bigger than our club. We stand, we stand tall. If he doesn't want to play for our club, get him out. He needs to follow the rules. People get really, you know, emotionally engaged with that argument. Yet, when a boxer's found guilty of PED use or basically just thumbs one to the boxing authorities, basically saying that they're bigger than the entire sport, let alone any sort of like yeah. stable <clears throat> they might belong to, fans don't care. 
Which is baffling to me because you're you're supporting the the notion of someone directly damaging the sport that you profess to love. That entire undercard for AJ, I'm not watching. Like even if it's on, I'm consciously not watching it. I will watch the AJ fight. The rest of it can get in the bin. It's disgusting. It's disgusting that it's allowed to happen. And it's happening in a place where, you know, I'm not au fait with the drug regulations and testing authorities of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. However, were I to guess what they are, I would guess they're, you know, somewhat lax. Yeah. Um, hey, don't worry about it, guy. <laughs> it sounds like that I'm waiting for the South Park episode where they just take the piss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd imagine you can write a big enough check that it's not a problem for anyone. Yeah. Um, look, it, Dillian White. You're talking about, sorry, you're talking about a country who dissected a man <laughs> like, yeah. in their embassy. They don't give a fuck about <laughs> drug taking. <laughs> Dillian White, we're That's told, is, is cleared to fight. Dillian White is one of the only pay-per-view stars that Matchroom have today. Name me three others. Well, that Matchroom have? Yep. Anthony Joshua? I'm probably not the best person to be asking to... But I, Okay, <laughs> no, you are, because pay-per-view <laughs> right, stars well, is who yeah. you should know. Anthony okay. Joshua? Uh, Matchroom, Matchroom. Dillian Matchroom. White? Uh, uh, Billy Joe Saunders, is, is he in Matchroom? He's there, but he's never headlined a pay-per-view... No, Chisora. Is he a pay per view? I can already feel the bottom of the barrel at this point. Exactly. I'm, I'm still. I'm still going. Uh, Usyk against Bellew. Yeah. But if you if you add if you had Usyk Chisora, then that will end up on pay per view yeah. probably in 2020. Yes, we've got one right. Chisora, when can you get back in the ring, mate? Yeah. <laughs> so look, here's my point: is that you've got such a um, sparsity of pay-per-view fighters that you have to find some on YouTube um, but you have such a small level of them one of them one of two that we can agree upon is Dillian White if you're cleared to fight in the UK and you're one of two pay-per-view fighters why is he fighting on an AJ undercard in the middle of a desert why yeah I've no idea, but that's all that we're told is that but, he's cleared to fight. But you, you, if you just literally just put a few things together and you go, right, either he's innocent, in which case, why has he not come out and declared the fact? Or why has he not sued UCAD for saying that he was guilty? Or he's which not. I don't think UCAD have ever come out and said that. Well, so how, how do we know? Is it just rumour? Well, no, no, no. It's not a rumour. Yeah, yeah. It on Twitter, Hearns so. addressed it that there was a an issue. Um, nobody's ever confirmed whether he asked for the B sample. Ignore that. It's a well. Anyway, a if he's innocent, then you'd expect the same amount of noise coming out, it, probably tenfold actually, of how innocent he was. Uh, of how, how innocent he was eating raw cow testicles from Mexico. Of how him- he should be fighting Deontay Wilder soon. Because he should be in that mandatory position that Fury seems to have now taken up. And even if he wasn't fighting Deontay Wilder soon, we've already seen through the Oscar Rivas fight, the Chisora fights, the Joseph Parker fight, we've seen that Dillian White can do non-world title fights on pay-per-views. Is Joseph Parker with Matchroom? You want to say? Is Joseph Parker with yeah. Matchroom? He's not a pay-per-view. Fuck <laughs> off. Fucking YouTube pay-per-view. Bullshit. 
<laughs> they probably so, sell one with him on. To you. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is my point. If everything's fine and hunky-dory, yeah. would Matchroom not be putting him on against a Joseph Parker at the O2 on pay-per-view? Of course they would. Of course they would. But they're not. He's on an AJ undercard against Marius Wack, who got his cunt punched in against Martin Bacoli not long back, which tells you the level that he's at. This is a mental state. It's a mental time in the sport. And there are huge questions that should be fired at those who are in charge of so many different um, elements of it. Um, I'm, yeah. well, when you mentioned earlier something about uh, boxing, I think to me it seems that the overall health of boxing is pretty poor. And I, and define health, I suppose. Is there enough money in it? Yes, there is. Where is it? It's in America. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess what what really depressed me the other day was what I was I was watching the uh, Jonathan Ross show, and uh, <laughs> that would depress anyone. <laughs> yeah, Robbie Williams was on there saying that he wanted to fight Liam Gallagher in a box in a celebrity boxing. Do match. it. And then he went, do it. And then Jonathan Ross went, uh, so I guess you'd be doing that for charity. And then Rob Williams went, no. <laughs> and I of course thought to myself, not. Is this the way, is this where boxing's going now? Like celebrities have seen what KSI and Logan Paul can generate and they go, fuck it. Why don't we do that? The problem that you've got is that the board won't sanction those two to have a license. Who fucking cares about that? If you I'm Eddie Hearn... the celebrity boxing control board... If I'm Eddie soon. Hearn, I would be seriously looking at... I mean, you don't even need a board to do it. Let's be honest. Like, there are enough... We mentioned it on here before. There are enough shows that go on that are unlicensed shows. The problem is that Hearn can't be seen to promoting an unlicensed show. But it can as just well create as a his board. own board, surely. Yeah. You, I mean, you could. There We've is, talked about it before. No, you can, as long as we you, could. Hearn yeah. could. You listening, you could go and set up a board right now. Whether anyone buys into it or not is irrelevant. The the British Boxing Board of Control isn't appointed by the government. They're self-governed. And so nobody... <laughs> it's mental. Nobody that can... It's mental. I know. Nobody can say to them, stop doing it. What was it? The, just go... And I'm not ju- making judgment on anything, but Wilder was like, it's the only sport where you can kill someone in the ring. And it's not controlled by the government. Yeah. Just, just let that sink in for a second. It's the Wild West. It's the <laughs> Wild West. Because you've got people, like you've got the board, and then you've got people like Sam Jones and Dean White that are managing fighters outside of board governance. And so they can literally do whatever they want. If you're a registered manager, you've got to work within the rules that are laid out by the board, which makes sense. Why would you even do that, though? So, yeah, why bother <laughs> getting your management license? Just... Work on the periphery of it without a license. Can you imagine if this it's... was the same for doctors? Can you imagine if it was just like, oh, I, 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 but Jim, will you get a job? Oh, maybe I'll be a doctor. Uh, you've got to get a doctor's license to be a doctor. Well, what about if I don't? Just set up your own practice, I guess. I'll be Jim's doctor control. I'm not even going to set up a practice. I'm just going to do it online. <laughs> I'm just going to make birds show me their tits online and then give them advice as to whether or not they look healthy. Exactly. And people would die. And, and why would they die? Because you're not regulated, but you're, you're not putting in the right controls and, and measures. Because people will be taking drugs. That you've gone, yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> just like boxing. Um, Matt, just absolute madness. No, you're right. But it's... 
I just wonder if this is like the ebbing slow death of boxing, where eventually boxing will be for old boxers to come back in giant fights, celebrities to box, and actual skilled boxing will be something that's sort of pushed the margins. Maybe you'll get like the the example, maybe like two up and coming very good boxers will be say fourth on a card, and then. Third, yeah. second, and first on the card would be Robbie Williams, Liam Gallagher. But why would you bother with the up and coming boxers? I wouldn't. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, well, well, I wouldn't. And so I'm the, just trying to imagine a, a place where they still exist, but I guess in this reality, they they don't. But this is a, again, it comes back to my issue that I had the other day that I tried to kind of put in or surmise. But ultimately, as a boxing fan, you have two wishes out of the sport. One is that you see really good fights. Two is that those people you see in the really good fights get a fair shake, both in terms of the outcome and their finances. That's all you care about, really. Is the show good? Are the fights good? Are the fighters getting paid well? And I think that third one is depends on how invested you are in the sport in the first place. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, give it it, yeah, ultimately, it doesn't make a difference. But you'd like to think they're getting paid well. Most on time. people would, yeah, yeah. So. Here's my problem, that there is money in the sport. It's just the UK is drying up of it by the looks of it. Um, and therefore, the opportunities... Look, as I said earlier, I, I frankly don't care about boxing in America, on the whole. I, I care about British boxing. The fact that Americans get brilliant shows and brilliant fight cards, fantastic for them. But I'm not an American. I don't watch much American boxing. But I'm going to have to if I want to see you know the 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 top talents that even the UK's top talents Frampton going over um Fury going over Joshua being in the middle of a desert a fucking Monaco card he's last gone the other night way. he's gone he's gone he's like, everyone's going west well I'll go east then <laughs> I will stay humble in the east one is the most <laughs> humble one can be in the east oh, I've got to talk about live well. oh. um, so look are we seeing a concentration of boxing similar to the way we see a concentration of talent in Europe with football? In America, boxing, that is. Yeah, and it, again, these things are cyclical. They go in peaks and troughs. The UK was booming 18, 24 months ago, and America wasn't. And then all that money's gone in from zone and PBC, and America's booming, and we haven't got the money over here. So there's none of the ITV shows that we were promised. BT of drying up, Sky's drying up, and we're getting the MTK shows filling the gaps on like a Friday and Saturday night. The Golden Contract ones—they're all right, but you know, quality control-wise, it's gone down from what it was eighteen months ago. Um, make no bones about it. I, I like the concept of the Golden Contract shows from MTK, I, but what I'm saying is the the quality of them for fighters you're not necessarily invested or engaged with isn't as good as it it was um so yeah the, the as a uk boxing fan right now it's pretty depressing it's mad how you wouldn't have you wouldn't when you sorry i'm stumbling but when eddie hearn originally went we've got a billion pounds drinking his bottle of corona this this is paraphrasing clearly but like he went we've got a billion pounds what i don't remember him saying it's got a billion pounds and guess what we're going to fuck British boxing over with it. <laughs> like, that billion pounds, he came out grandiose about it, but didn't actually serve... But, but be fair be fair to him, he never 
implied even or said that it would benefit British boxing. No, no. But it was an American contract. And and actually thinking about it, did he declare that on the zone? Or did he just come... The reason I'm saying it is that the fact that he came out and sort of like grandiose about it, well, that's like kind of saying, like a chairman saying, guess what, everyone? I've won the Euro Million, so I'm shutting down the club. Yeah. And everyone's like, good for you, mate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We're going, oh, brilliant news, lads. We just sold our main striker for 100 mil. I'm off. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> see you. Sold the club for a pound to, uh, <laughs> to what's Ken, the old Chelsea chairman. Ken uh, Bates, <laughs> he's dead. Is he? Oh, I'm sure he is. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, so, yeah, you kind of expected that billion pounds. Like, I'm a casual but I think most people are in the same boat as me, for that to significantly change the sport of boxing for the better, that's what I kind of thought. Not all that really meant was, yeah, I'd get some good fights, but I'd have to get up at 3am every Saturday but to watch Even them. then, it isn't like it's made the mega fights, the super fights. Yeah, that's true. It hasn't made a stable of which you would look at and go, oh my God, that's incredible. It hasn't swept up all the talent from PBC because all PBC did was went, well, we've got a billion as well. well just so now so now you're not going anywhere. All this lot that we've tied up and Hearn's got all of his lot. And so all he's done is just take some of the British guys and go, Callum Johnson, come and fight Baturbia for me. So uh, since that billion pounds got announced... What actual fights have we seen that could be connected to that money? Because the biggest fights we've seen, Deontay Wilder Fury, that would have had nothing to do with that, right? That was top rank and showtime. Uh, Canelo, it was Canelo Kovalev. That was PBC, but that wasn't the billion dollars of the Hearn side of it. That right. was the Golden Boy side. Right, of it. and the Canelo fight before that. Rocky Fielding, oh, was it Rocky Fielding, was it? Okay. <laughs> No, it wasn't that one I was thinking of. Uh, and what is sort of the biggest fights of the last sort of... I mean, you can't count Joshua Ruiz. They've been lucky that, if, in some respects, that Joshua lost the first fight because now this fight's mega. Yeah. But what have we seen that we could attribute to that billion? We've just seen the creation of Matchroom USA... Uh, sorry, Matchroom Italy, Germany and Spain. This is what I was saying a minute ago, that... It yeah, it hasn't set the world alight and created the super stable and the super fights. Mm. All it's kind of done is bolstered the middle the middle of the stable and brought in a few names like Usyk who have been sat around doing not an awful lot. Yeah, I really want him to start. I don't know, it's almost like he's just being kept on the sidelines for a bit. Yeah, so I think he's he's mandatory for the WBO, which would be the winner of Ruiz and, and Joshua. Um, so in the meantime, it's whether they keep him busy. He was meant to fight Tyrone Sponge, and that fell through because Tyrone Sponge failed a fucking drugs test. <laughs> Cheating cunt. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Just go and fight in fucking Moscow or whatever. Yeah, just pick the fight up and go to another state. Who cares? Yeah. Um, although he did say that he never failed it and he was going to turn up anyway and then he, whatever. Um, that's what you can do as well I bin, mean <laughs> bin all of you can get in a bin at the moment that's where I'm at can you imagine like re- like crunch oh a scything tackle and it's like referees like ah, you're off mate no I'm not <laughs> no you've got to go off I've sent you off no I'm not no. you're off Spe- <laughs> I, I've rung my lawyers yeah <laughs> and now they've reviewed the footage they say I'm not I'm not I didn't break his leg he broke his leg before he came on the pitch you go and make a statement about this no you're not gonna I'm not gonna I've already I've already tweeted 
That was what you was on the sideline doing. Yeah, I've already tweeted that. It's nothing to do with me. So I'm cracking on. And then the referee's like, ah, uh, all right then. And then, no, then the ref gets pulled off and a Spanish referee comes on and goes, crack on, lads. And then they get... Or they just, they book a private flight and ship all <laughs> 20-odd players off to Spain and go, right, second half over here, lads. And, oh, and they're like, sorry, sorry, fans, you, you can all pay uh, 25, 30 quid. You've got to pay for the flights. It's gone up a fiver. <laughs> <laughs> it's lunacy. Why has it gone up a fiver? A billion dollars. Where's a billion dollars? What was it? Uh, was it Adam Smith said we we fight the we price the fights appropriately because we think they're uh, like shut the fuck up. What is this going? Is this is this to like like Saudi Arabia have gone? Yeah, come over here. Can we have a load of drug takers? Of course you can, but we want you know whatever it is whatever five pounds worth of pay per view is bang. Like we they, oh shit they want twenty five percent of our pay per view amount. Just wipe the pay-per-view up by, by another five. But here's the thing. They don't... Genius. Saudi Arabia won't be making money out of this. We, we, I think we have to accept that. They, yeah, maybe. I they mean, built a stadium. Yeah. And let's be clear about it. There's a very good chance they're paying for Joshua and Ruiz to be there. Yeah, actually, because I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, that, that is the case. There is it? no Clearly other reason you would take the fight to the middle of the desert. So there's a very good chance if they're not paying 100% of the salaries, they're paying a decent chunk of the salaries. They've built a stadium for this. It all fits into diarrhea season or whatever it's called out in in Saudi Arabia where you have the Formula E and you have various other sporting events that are going on at the same time. A tennis event that's going on. It's just, <laughs> diarrhea season. Diarrhea season. Something like that. <laughs> but we'll call it diarrhea season for the purposes of this. Is this like an acronym that's been created from all the different sports or something? No, no. It's like it, it's a Saudi Arabian term that I've just racially offended like <laughs> millions of people. But whatever. What are they going to do? Behead me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I imagine a large portion of the people that would be offended would have been, if they live in Saudi Arabia, they might be, they won't be beheaded by the time they could complain anyway. Well, that's true. That's um, true. Um, yeah, so don't be under any illusion that match room are fit in the bill for the majority of this because I can't imagine they are. And so the concept that the pay-per-view has to go up by £5, is that to fly the needles over? <laughs> is that to... I don't understand it. I, I do not understand it. And, and the fact that like, their explanation was they're pricing them appropriately. Look, I, I get it from a business perspective. From a business perspective, right? If I know, Andy, you're willing to pay me £20, and I've been at £20 for 12 months, and I haven't seen any drop-off from when it was £18, those same buy rates carry on, and then I put two YouTube stars on, at three o'clock in the morning and I charge £10 for it and I don't really see any fluctuation. I still see the same kind of numbers of buys. So now I've got figures at £18, I've got figures at £20 and I've got figures at £10. So if I know that there's a very small fluctuation, a, a small percentage between buy rates at each of those price points... Let's test it out. Let's test out 25. From a business perspective, absolutely makes sense. £25 is a 25% increase upon what it was before. If I'm Sky... Actually, it's not 25% increase, is it? That's a uh, lie. Um, it's I'm a 12.5% increase. But 
If I'm Sky, I would 100% be doing the same thing because there are enough stupid people that will pay the money rather than find a stream for it, rather than go down the pub for it, rather than whatever your other options are for it. There are enough people that will pay £25. And if you're one of those, cool, go ahead and pay your £25. But, like... Don't be surprised when that goes up to £30 in 12 months' time because actually the buy rate's at £25. No. You're effectively a turkey voting for Christmas. That's yeah, what you're, that's 100%. What you're doing. Oh, but it's only £25. That's the cost of half frankly, a tank of petrol. It's- Sky don't care if if they have 200,000 buys at 20 quid. They don't care if they have 100,000 well, and one buys at 40 quid. Because even though there's, there's more people see it the other way around, they don't care. They've made more money. Like yeah. I realise the sums are not that simplistic. No, but they are. <laughs> but they are. All but they're it, bothered about is how much money comes in at the end. There was, there's, a, there's a story about you know the M6 toll. Yeah. When the when the UK government allocated the contract for the M6 toll, they didn't put a condition in place that meant that they had to have a certain. They had to put the pricing at a certain amount or anything. They just gave it to them. So now the people who run the M6 toll road are directly sort of incentivized to keep um, the price as high as possible whilst maintaining as much profit as possible. Whereas, for example, if they halved their pricing and got twice as much traffic through, that would create twice as much wear. So they go, nah, fuck that. So that's why the M6 toll is always dead because they've found that biting point where people go, exactly. nah, fuck this, but they make maximum profit off of it. Yeah. And that's basically what you'll find with, with boxing. They'll find that pinch point that, I don't know, Maybe it's 50 quid. Who knows? Because we haven't got there yet. I agree. But if it's 50 quid and only 20,000 people buy it, they don't care because they've figured out that that's the most maximum way they can do it, if, make money from it. If Nike were still selling their latest Air Max trainers at 15 quid, they would have lost the plot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They would have lost the plot. Like, there's a reason they cost over 100 quid. Not because the materials are worth it. Not because the design, you know, has to be covered. It's because people will pay it. <laughs> and if people will pay £25, expect to see it at £30 within 12 months. If those numbers don't change, and if they're still getting the same amount of income, expect to see it at £30. Because the justification isn't that this is a hell of a card. Because it isn't. It isn't. It's a card with a number of people that have failed drugs tests fighting other people, some who have failed drugs tests, some that haven't. It's a card that doesn't... And I understand that entirely because AJ Ruiz in itself is the selling point. Why do you need an undercard? I wouldn't bother with it, personally. I'd fuck the whole thing off. I would just have fucking Desert Wanderer A versus Desert Wanderer B. I'd have camels fighting. Honestly, I'd have two journalists until one of them has their head fucking chopped off. (laughs) I would put that on in the middle of this pop-up stadium. It kind of serves its own purpose with the Dillian White thing because they can whack Dillian White on. He is still a pay-per-view fighter, as we were talking about before, and they stick it on in Saudi Arabia. Now... He can still be serving his ban if he is, if he's got one under the you know in the, like a retrospective one that comes back later like the Furies. He could come back later and his stock will still be high if he can fight at several locations around the world that aren't the UK. And then when he comes back in two years' time, he goes, you know, his stock has not suffered from it. I.e., the punishment has not been taken. But where's the retribution around that? Because if I'm running the sport in the UK. 
And let's assume that Dillian isn't allowed to fight here right now. Like, let's assume he's not allowed to fight in the UK next weekend. I might be right or I might be wrong. But as I go back to earlier, to me, it's very strange that Matchroom wouldn't want to have another Dillian White pay-per-view if the opportunity was there at the O2. That seems odd. So if we were to assume that he's not allowed to fight in the UK right now, and I was running the UK boxing governance, and the people that <laughs> the people that aren't allowed to box under my governance just go somewhere else to do it, I would be wanting retribution around that. <laughs> Honestly, I would. Yeah. Like I would be livid. I would be fuming. Well, that's 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 what I mean. Probably a poor example. There's only one that comes to mind. That's like well, that's actually a better example. That's like Ronnie Briggs going off to going off like you're wanted for unrest. Nah, thanks. I'll just stay in Brazil. It's like old fucking embassy. <laughs> was it Ronnie Briggs? Embassy dude. That's uh, Julian Song. Just yeah, the old rape boy. About. Yeah, just went off to went. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to live in a Ecuadorian embassy. You're under arrest. No, I'm not. Why? Because I'm standing over, over this line. Home, <laughs> and as soon as you, but as soon as you step back onto land where you should be in trouble, you're in trouble. Yeah, because the that's police are waiting what, for him. Yeah, exactly. that's what should happen. But I don't know. Maybe maybe White is perfectly fine to fight right now. And Matchroom have gone for your twenty five pound. You can have Dillian White as well because you've earned it, fans. The thing is, maybe that's exactly maybe that's exactly what's happened. There were people listening to this and go, <laughs> "What difference does it make? Let him do what he wants to do." But the integrity of the sport suffers. That's the problem. And this is where, go all the way back to the beginning of this, like, as a fan, how can I be on board with that, if that's the case? But we don't know that it's the case for certain, because no one tells us. And so if you're going to work in a sport of cloak and mirrors and smoke, and you're going to try and stop us from knowing about things, then you can also expect us to fuck the sport off. And I've had various messages from people that have got the same mindset that I've got right now of like, that bollocks to it, bollocks to it. Support the ones that you enjoy, support the ones you have the personal affinity to, support the major fights, everything else, everything that's PED related, all that stuff, bin it, bin it. The only way you're going to get, the only way you're going to get around this is if you earn the fans' trust back. I put out a tweet a while back about, the only way that I can see is that you have to raise the problem to the ground right now. You have to have a pact amongst all of the major promoters and all of the major managers. And you need it signed, you need it legally written off. It shouldn't be that difficult to do. To me, the wording has to say, I will not work with any boxer that has failed yeah. a drugs test in their career. And I will not work with them going forward. And if you all sign that, no one else can work with them. And anyone that wants to become a promoter or a manager within the sport has to sign that pact. And until they do, they're not allowed in. And that has to be the same across every governing body around the world, every sanctioning body around the world. Everyone has to sign that piece of paper. And if they don't sign that piece of paper, they cannot work within the sport. And you kill the problem. Well, you don't kill it, actually, because you'll still have people that take their chances on the hope they're not going to get caught. But you at least, you remove the issue of, look, Andy, you've got a fighter that's failed a drugs test. You are stuck because morally you need to look like you're taking a stance. Financially, he makes you a lot of money. 
what can you do? Because if you release him, I'm going to sign him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. Look, uh, ch- fucking Big Baby Miller. A fat cheating fuck. Fat fucking prick of a man who underwent like f- an entire <laughs> systematic PED approach of which I'm not even convinced they actually found all of it. But they probably found enough that they went, geez, we're running out of like paper here. We can't print any more off. Like, we're killing trees. The Amazon's disappearing. He's, he's already eaten it all. And now he's burning it through the bloody paper usage. But there are American promoters that are willing to work with him now. And he's served, what, about eight months, well, nine it's, months? It's basically around about... It's around about way of of committing bribery in its in essence yes. isn't it really yes. it's like i won't give you two million pounds to let me fart on your card but that's what you'll receive if you back me because people will buy the pay-per-views because i'm on it yeah so in effect in effect you sort of you skirt the rules because and we've said it before ultimately no one stops them from doing it if a footballer if a footballer is caught taking drugs, and basically any other sport where there is a regulating overarching body, a footballer could effectively go and play for another governing body. But there's like very few of those and they don't represent 99% of all football teams across the world. <laughs> but look at rugby. Saracens were found to be financially doping. Yeah. And they were hit with a, what was it, eight million pound fine and... X number of points, I can't remember the total amounts. But that's huge percentages of what they're... But, but, and then what are their players that they might end up doing? S- sacking off England so they can concentrate on Saracens to try and get Saracens through... It's like, it's the same as any... Like, what, um, but at least Saracens say... got properly fined for it. Yeah, that's Who's fine. ever had an £8 million fine in boxing? Like, if yeah. your boxer is caught yeah. doing a systematic drugs cheating uh, program there's a fair chance you know about it if you're his manager (laughs) or you're his promoter there's a fair chance you've got an idea about it the thing is UCAD could probably give someone eight million pound fine and the person would go no (laughs) yeah (laughs) can you imagine that it's insane like but then it is across it is I accept that there are examples across all sports everyone's aware of the um convicted rapist footballer who ended up being given a place to play. Then he got acquitted, didn't he, or something like that, and then he was like, I don't know. But there was enough, like, there was enough, like, murk around that whole thing. You'd have thought most people go, that's probably not safe to play right now. But then a lot of people go, ah, whatever. A lot of people go, Lee Hughes can score goals. Let's just have him back. (laughs) Honestly. Like, oh, what, boxing isn't the only sport no. that's morally bankrupt. But there it seems others, to have all the issues. It's not like some sports, gen- one or two things you can go, I remember when that happened in that sport. I remember when that happened in that sport. But like you said, when something really bad happens, there's always a fine or some sort of... Or the reason the WBC have now raised the threshold if you're Mexican around what your clenbuterol levels that's are allowed right, to yeah, be. Yeah, because, they, because of the way the cat was reared. Yeah, like, you absolute fucking morons. Like, you've basically just signed a sick note. Like, you've... you've Vegetarian oh. boxer. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You know how, like, Tour de France winners that you then get found to have 
got asthma or whatever. Yeah. There's a really interesting science sport podcast where they talk with one of the doctors of a Tour de France team. Yeah, was, where he said morally, like he's in the the minority that he won't sign off Ventolin for um, for cyclists. Well, he won't sign off saddle sore um, creams because they got steroids in them. Like, if you've got saddle sores, you shouldn't be riding in the Tour de France. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's where his, his stance is. But the WBC are saying it's perfectly fine to have raised levels of clombuterol if you're Mexican. Because you just can't stop eating beef. So Canelo, who has earned, what do they reckon? Probably, I don't know, let's say over $100 million in his career. Yeah, probably quite easily. Probably yeah. nearer two, probably over two. He can't afford to get meat in that isn't from Mexico <laughs> on that base. He can't afford to rear his own cattle, have his own cattle rearer on hand. No, you stupid fucking idiot. All you're doing is encouraging the problem. It's absolutely mental. When, when Canelo got done for it, he was out for six months. How often does Canelo... He was banned for six months. How often does Canelo fight? Twice a year. <laughs> That's not a ban. That's like saying, Andy, you can't go to work Saturday and Sunday. You're, <laughs> you've, you've been, been suspended. suspended. You've been indefinitely suspended over the next eight weekends. All right, yeah. nice one. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like all these things. Anyway, I, I'm not even sorry that it's been so negative today. This is why I haven't bothered to sit down and do that, this. This was the while. intro. <laughs> intro is now 57 just, minutes long. How long have we done of buggering this thing off? Uh, let's, I mean, look, I think we've... How long have we done? 57 minutes. Oh, I think we've identified just about why we feel this way, this negatively. So, look, I put... I've missed some bits. If you've, mi- if, you've, if you've made it this far and you're hacked off with how negative we're being, I'm, for, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's, it's actually not my fault, so I shouldn't it's say sorry. No, no, it no, is. I, I don't mean it's, uh, I mean, it's not my... F- fault that I'm so negative to be honest if you've got this far and you're hacked off how negative we are that's your fault (laughs) (laughs) you should have turned off a long time ago I suspect most of our listeners will at least plunge into the uh, BBC 5 live podcast every now and again I see some of them anyway uh, with Buncey and yeah quite recently do you listen to it no recently I, I I do it basically I listen to it until Buncey does my head in enough that I have to turn <laughs> it off. Because he... 30 seconds in. I, my, I really like Mike Costello. I think he's great. He's understated and he's concise to the point, whatever. He, but, ma- he makes you want him to be your dad. Yeah. I, I've got a great dad. I'm Uncle, a fantastic dad. Uncle Costello would yeah, be Uncle Costello. a welcome addition to my family. What a, what a mint bloke. You'd and, like him around a Christmas table. Yeah, and having a conversation with him would be like, as inspirational as it would be, 100%. sort of like, yeah. Education. Um, but Buncey is such a turd. He'd be the uncle you wouldn't pick the phone up to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like... This is not us being after timers, right? It's not us being after timers, which means this is me being an after It's not being an after timer. You've put that turkey in for far too long. <laughs> you have really. You know, back in 1946, when I went round Margaret's house for her turkey, she had a great turkey. And that turkey had all the cranberry and stuff in it. Now, I'm not saying that you haven't put enough. St- Shut up, Steve. The I didn't amount- even fucking invite you this year. The Get amount out. of shit that bloke spelled. There's some people saying that we. No, we didn't. Shut up. We didn't do that. And you're just like, you want what you want is, but you know that it, but you want 
Costello to hit him over the head with a table leg until he stops talking. But he's too nice for it, which just, in a, in a roundabout way, makes you hunt bunts, hate bunts more because he keeps going on. Yeah. I like Mike It's more. very yin and so, yang. How can you... You're a saint to be able to put up with this man. He just spews so much shit It's amazing how uh, Steve seems to have forgotten about the people that helped him um, stay within the boxing world of work when Satanta went pop. Um, because he's happy to take pops to those people these days that also helped him stay on the employment line. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me because he's constantly... <coughs> oh. He's happy to belittle those that want to use, you know, the online world to to better their own products now. But he was also reliant on those same people to, you know, keep the pennies coming in at the time. Oh dear. Just an observation. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, uh, um, the amount of times I listen to it, I'm on the way into work and I'm like, I need to remember this when the pod comes out. And then I don't remember exactly what he's saying. This is another one of those times and I refuse to go back and listen to it again. But it's when he says things along the lines of when people say this no we didn't i guarantee he did basically i just i assume it's opposite day every time he talks he's total shit and it's nine times out of ten it's lies or mistruths or exaggerations of some sort but um terry's always said about it terry you know shout out to my man doing brilliant brilliant <clears throat> short, concise podcast on Highfield Boxing. Plus his one with Isaac Chamberlain the other day, a longer one. Fantastic listen. Go back and listen to it. But uh, he always had an issue with Steve not using his position within the sport to shine a light upon certain issues with the sport. Anyway. Will we do a podcast between now and Christmas, do you think? Another one. I can't do next weekend. I can't do the weekend after that because I'm in New York and I think the weekend after that's... About so should we just should we quickly go through the predictions you had for the year, you and Terry? Oh jeepers! Right, I kept hold of them. Lordy, I know we don't have that much time <coughs> to go, but <clears throat> so I'll tell you the prediction, <laughs> and you tell me who it was, you or my, you or Terry. I think one of mine was Dave Allen would headline a pay per view. So <laughs> yeah, that's the second one. So that's you. Allen will headline a Sky pay per view. Did he? He wasn't far off. He it was, was main like support. Second, yeah. Um, I forget who he's fighting now. Chizor, no, who was the price fight? Um, so Chizor fought one on price, a pay-per-view. Who who did I fight? Oh, I don't, I don't care really. I can't remember. He got flattened though, didn't he? Yeah, there was the price fight the way he got flattened. Oh, sorry, maybe that was it then. Yeah, I don't know if that was on a pay-per-view or not. Uh, I'm sure he's been main support on one. Um, anyway, so then oh, it's quite obvious that this one be. AJ won't have fought Usyk, Wilder, or Fury. I mean, to say things that won't happen, maybe I should have intervened at the time and said, no, Terry, you can't do that. But that was, that's was that been correct, and will have been correct. But to be fair, there were people that were hopeful those things would happen. Yeah. And were also adamant that those things would happen. So I, I can give him that. Um, White will have fought for a world title. Who's that by? It's wrong, so it's probably me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Joe Joyce. I didn't know. I didn't realise that that he would be fucking UCAD and lawyered up by this point of the year. (laughs) In my defence, yeah, Joe Joyce will become a mandatory for a title. Terry, that was Terry. Yeah, he he did win the WBO Global. So (laughs) that count. Who can argue with that? Uh, great management by Sam Jones. Great, great management. Such great management. Such great, great management. I mean. 
it, he must have walked his management exam with the BBBFC. Yeah. I mean, imagine the Premier League, right? If you had a press conference one. You know you had those, like, Friday press conferences before the weekend games? Yeah. Imagine someone's uncle just turned up on the main table next to the manager. <laughs> like, they had no qualifications, had no reason to be there, but was just suddenly allowed into the sport to sit at the main table and start opining about how something's happened or why something's happened or how something's going to go without any um, A license, UEFA B license, C license, without a fucking McDonald's Happy Meal to their name. All these things. Imagine that happened. It wouldn't happen. But in boxing, you can turn up and sit on the main table of a press conference next to an Olympic gold medalist and give your views. I don't have an issue with what Sam Jones does as Joe Joyce's mouthpiece, but I do find it mad that he is that intertwined within the sport without having any um, governing reason to beat her. Anyway, sorry. Back to the predictions. I love, that, I love the idea that... It, I mean, well, in football, by the way, you, it's not like they don't. You can't manage a football team no. without... You uh, can't coach. Like, Not even manage. For certain licenses, can't you? I think there is only some managers that have what they call granddad qualified. Like, for example, yeah. Ferguson never had to take one. Redknapp because, never did. Yeah. So, but, Legacy. Yeah, basically. There, no other people could just walk in. It's not like of you can't. an owner takes over and his, his mate Bob starts running things. Apart from your non-league, like Steve Evans. Or, no, not Steve. Who's the guy that you... I know you're talking about. Um, I can't remember. The guy who, the guy who used that, to run Billericay. Yeah, that's it. And but he's bought another team else. now, yeah. yeah. And appointed himself manager or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Outstanding. Um, Pac-Man will fight for a title. Me. That's you. And he did and he won it. There you go then. That was one you got right. Yes. Uh, Kelbrook will fight a top five welterweight. I hope it's not me. No, that's terrible. Thank fuck. That's embarrassing, T. That's embarrassing. <laughs> that is it, actually. That's all I have. So I think you've only did three each because I think it was hard enough to get them out of you. Um, quick one on, uh, and I think it was will be the last one we cover, just a preview for Joshua Ruiz. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense, doesn't it? Um, okay, where do we start? What? Oh, oh one thing. What was the, uh, what was that stupid, me- I'm going to bring it up on Twitter. This um, this stupid message that uh, Anthony Joshua I saw Anthony Joshua. Oh, the middle finger. Yeah, yeah, that, and that just drove me absolutely. He's gone fucking street man now, hasn't he? He's gone road man. It just <laughs> shows that road man I am. I can't even get the name right. Now Michael Benson has tweeted this. Yeah, um, the aggregator of all things boxing. Uh, what do people think of this? Uh, this is fighting. I listen to what people say about us and think they should put some respect by our name. <laughs> I'm going to the, that next level. And when Saudi I. Saudi Arabia. When I win, puts middle finger up, I'll be like, fuck everybody. Now, this is a confusing attitude for Does me. Does he mean fuck Lucas Aid, fuck Land Rover, fuck Jaguar, fuck uh, Under Armour? Fuck all these people. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody who's ever given me money or supported me or bought all my pay-per-views. Fuck all of you. Fuck all of you. Yeah, because... All my sponsors. I mean, we've you know, everyone knows that boxing, I suppose like any sport really, is a love and hate game. People either like you or they don't. He seems to have focused very specifically on the people that don't like him and not all those people that have time after time come to his defence and just decide to fuck everybody. It's 
it's difficult to watch in that AJ's always been the clean cut uh, role model type since he's been a professional and since he's been in the limelight and that's benefited him hugely um, financially in terms of his career because with all of that support and backing of the, the public he's been able to progress his career better than someone that didn't have all that that backing and so to suddenly go from that to the other end of the spectrum going fuck y'all all y'all you don't <laughs> like me blow me <laughs> Dr. Dre <laughs> <laughs> um, is a bit strange it's about as strange as me trying to do a Dr. Dre rap it's so odd I mean especially as where does he go I like what if he, he loses who gets fucked then well do I get fucked if he wins, <laughs> if he wins, he can't now go back. Do you know what I mean? He can't say that was a blip because actually you've changed your whole persona. Well, maybe he can go back. Maybe once again he'll be the darling. I don't. I don't know. Boxing continues to baffle me the way that it ha- handles things and the way that people can just rub out things like you filed a drug test. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I just, it's just incredible how people. You how said, so many you people going to fuck everyone off. No, I didn't. How the people have that? You remember that? You championship? said you were the black superior race. No, I didn't. Do you that Let's ignore that. Let's that, ignore that. That championship manager cheat where you could lose and go, exit. Exit yeah. without saving? Yes. Play yeah. the same match again. This time I won, baby. 100%. I, just, I'll still save it before European Cup final. Yeah. <laughs> can you still do it? Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> Don't be naive. So it just baffles me how, but then, like, if it wins. In Saudi Arabia, does he come into the middle of the ring? Does he put on a show and go, oh, God, thank you to my fans. Of course It's been a really tough six months. I've said and thought things that actually I didn't actually think or feel. And uh, I love you all. And back to square one, please. No, he wouldn't even even acknowledge the fact that he said things he didn't think or feel. It'll just be, thank you. I'm so humbled by all this. I want to thank the people (laughs) of Saudi Arabia. He's acted like an entitled knob the last six months. (laughs) Like just gone. I, wow! I should still be champion because it was a lucky god punch from God. Fuck off! Like I, I'm, I, I want Joshua to win so that he can then lose to Fury or Wilder. That's what I want. But I also want Ruiz to win. Fuck you, Joshua! You have had no the the one time in your career you should have had some humility was only in that split second after you won the fight to ensure you got a rematch. And then ever since then, it's been like, that was a punch from God. So yeah. what was I supposed to do? I'm amazed he hasn't gone. I'm still champion. Like, we, can all, we can all just make Fury things... does. That men in... <laughs> <laughs> There's another person who just like pulls things out of the blue and goes, right, so Fury, you lost your... Uh, no, not this one. Which one? Leotard, can't you see it? Like Emperor's New Clothes. Can't you see it? Oh, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. So then Adam Smith's like, lineal title. You know, he was annoyed about not winning Sports Personality of the Year or not being nominated for Sports Personality of the Year. You've beaten Schwartz and Varlin. That's true. Why would you get... and, And gone to Saudi Arabia as well albeit to take part in WWE but sorry what part of that qualifies you for sports personality and recording a song with Robbie Williams yes <laughs> which is atrocious by the way I love the fact he, Robbie Williams addressed that on the Jonathan Ross story he said I watched him heard him thought hey this guy can sing when when could this guy sing he sings out of tune to a load of I adoring sycophants <laughs> I don't want to Oh, you can't knock him. He's a showman. Right, yeah. He's a great boxer. Fantastic. 
but he's not like a one man sort of like entertainment. Have you heard mission. the song? No, I haven't. Okay, but um, you're telling me it's atrocious. It's atrocious. <laughs> um, it's all about getting off your nut at Christmas. Is it? Really? And it's about getting really, really, really wasted and hammered and spending too much money. Two things which are known to cause males mental health issues over, you know, the, the festive That's period. That's true, yeah. That is, oh, God. So, you know, as long as it's not being sung by anyone that has you know, suffered with mental health or been an advocate for men's mental health issues over the past, that's fine. Move on. Nothing to see it. <laughs> yeah, questionable. Questionable motives from someone who professes to have actually, actually suffered with these things. Yep. So it's kind of weird because it kind of throws question marks at whether if you was genuinely scarred by such experiences, you would have respect for the power that these negative environmental things could, you know, could, how could they could affect you? And you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to... I say nothing. If I say anything, I'm in big, big trouble. <laughs> you wouldn't want to promote the ideas of those... Oh, it's just, that's, that's puzzling. That is puzzling. Um, Hold up. What? Oh, you got it. Head to my mid. I'm going to have to amplify that post-recording. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, right, so anyway, how does the fight go? Right, I have... There are some people that are saying that it's going to pan out exactly the same way. There are some people saying that it is going... That Joshua has sort of learned his lesson, etc., etc. Um, I watched a thing on uh, YouTube, actually. It was quite interesting. How... A body language expert watched... Oh, God, those things are atrocious. Johnny Nelson's... <coughs> oh. Now, now I, I found it quite interesting just because, yeah, don't get me wrong, a lot of it is reading into things and you go, eh, really? But um, he sort of... the When he said Ruiz thinks the fight's going to go exactly the same way as it did before, i.e. he's going to have this punch from God again, and Joshua's... And his assessment of Joshua's body language in a split second was that um, he thinks it's going to be different, right? Which... To be fair, you could say that without watching the head-to-head. What what do you think about whether... Can Joshua plug that hole from where that punch came from? Uh, was it a lucky punch, I suppose? And will it, uh, and so that I suppose that leads us down to the question of will it happen again? Fat boy chins him in eight. In the eighth round? Within eight. I think there are those out there that want to you know, be the knowledgeable ones and want to, you know, let's go with hipster. That's cool. They want to say the changes that Joshua's made, bringing in Angel Fernandez um, to his training camp. Yeah, so what? Like, what do people actually know about this dude? Apart from the fact he was brought up under Jorge Rubio. He's worked with Isaac Chamberlain for like two fights, of which one of them was a scraped victory over Luke Watkins. That's not exactly impressive. Like, if that's the answer, I'm not sure they entirely understand what the problem was. Um, he might be a decent-looking pad man. He might do some good stuff. He's been working with Sandy Ryan on the GB squad, who hasn't torn up trees in her performances. Um, yeah, I'm not sure you can correct the problems that were there in the first fight 
through that move. Is it a fair critique for me to then, uh, uh, sorry, a fair question to ask if boxing, which it clearly does, takes like many, many years from a young age to master, as yeah. we've seen when, you know, celebrities come in and like, that how can you significantly change your arsenal in six months? You can't. I mean, is it, is it, what you've got to hope for if you're Joshua is it was just an off night. And actually, nine nights out of ten, you would beat Ruiz. And so why should you change anything? You know, if United uh, went and lost, or when Spurs lost to Colchester in the League Cup, we didn't sack Pochettino after that game. We just accepted it was one of many bad results at the time, but things would hopefully turn around. Losing to Ruiz for me, for Joshua, it just, to me, it's come over like he still fundamentally believes nine times out of ten he beats Andy Ruiz. And that was the one out of ten yeah, that, that he is, didn't. Yeah, that's right. That's the best way to put everything that I've seen from him so and far. So now we're just moving on to two out of ten, and that's a definite, like, statistically, that's a definite win. And yeah. then if we have to do the trilogy, that's three out of ten. Statistically, do you know what? That's just a on that, win. you've said that perfectly because if that were the case, a truly humble person would have the humility to have the respect for that result that it existed, even if it was one time out of ten. All right, 99 times out of 100, I'm going to beat this guy, but he beat me on that night. You're not going to start branching, branching that around. I mean, what you do is, like, I'm, look, I'm not expecting him to be hu- humble. He says he's humble. That's why I'm holding him to that, to that, you know, um, yeah. to that standard. That's all he goes on about. Um, you know, not I, now. I, Fuck you all. Yeah, well, exactly. You, uh, Joshua, there is a middle ground. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Mr. Anyway, Humble's coming sorry. back after next Saturday as well. Um, he's been on tour. So to Saudi Arabia. You're convinced of a Ruiz victory. I am. I think there was enough about it in that first fight that said if you had to break down all of the different aspects of can you fight on the inside, I think we'll see a referee that won't let Ruiz throw as much on the inside in the same way that Parker was hindered from doing so. I would be shocked if they hadn't appointed a referee that is going to stop the work of Ruiz. I would be shocked. Um so I would expect to see every time they get into a clinch, the referee stepping in and pulling them apart so that Joshua, Joshua can get back to boxing at range and not allowing Ruiz to step inside, throw combinations and start to unload because that's where it fell apart for Joshua last time. Um, but that'll be a test for Ruiz to get around, right? Because he should... Of course, like, yeah, if, if Joshua is able... How I would anticipate is that we see the Joshua of the Parker fight where he just, he doesn't go looking for a knockout. He doesn't go looking for fireworks. He doesn't go looking for any of that. He just wants to work off the one-two, the big jab, and then when it's available, the right hand. But don't feel like you have to throw the right hand. The only reason I doubt that is because I've heard him describe the the, uh, Parker fight and he said, what he felt like was Parker doesn't go out to hurt you. And I feel that when Joe, when AJ gets hurt, he loses his head. Yeah. When Klitschko hurt him, he just went out swinging. When Ruiz hurt him, he tried and he, and he, he got beat. Like, he can't keep his composure when he gets hurt. Yeah. And Ruiz will hurt him, I suspect. But will he? Like, again, if, if Ruiz is not allowed to work on the inside, if they get into a clinch and the referee immediately steps in, break, walk back... 
then that would hinder Ruiz significantly because yeah, that's where he did a lot of his, his better work in the last fight. So I would anticipate seeing a ref. <laughs> That'd be so frustrating for Ruiz, wouldn't it? Yeah, he'd have to find a way around that. Um, I, I just think they must have drilled into Joshua back to fundamentals, back to one-twos. Left hook if you get the opportunity, but don't go looking for it. Yeah. Right hand if you get the opportunity, but don't go looking for it. Just work the head. Don't bother with the body because you're not going to hurt that body of Ruiz. There's no point in trying to... Like, you can try and take some of the, the air out of the tyres for later on, but really, like, that body is so well protected. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'd anticipate to see Joshua just aiming Basically the left. Basically, work, work to your strengths. You've got your exactly. reach, you've got your height. You've got the height, so to hit the Ruiz body, you'd have to be dipping those knees so low anyway. So why bother doing that to hit a target that you're going to have to punch through? Like, just go for the head. Go for the, the little goatee beard, the little Mexican drug dealing beard, whatever it looks like, a fucking cartel member. Cool, go for it. Um, I'm not saying he's a drug dealer. Don't fucking, don't get up on your high horses. Don't sue me. Um, but, you know, like, that's, if I'm Joshua and I'm in his camp, I'm just saying go head hunting. Go straight shots down the middle as often as you can, but don't go trigger happy. Don't go... Because what you'll see is that Ruiz will try to work the timing, and he's already got, you know, that first fight to his advantage, but try and work the timing of the Joshua shots so that if he does throw the right hand, then he can look to slip to the left and then throw his own, start the combination from that, which is why I don't anticipate you'll see the Joshua right hand too often. Having said all that, if if Joshua's fight tactics and it plays out the way you've just described there I suppose you've got to have respect for that you go fair enough you've won the fight you've used all your advantages it's boxing and you've boxed your way it's to the, to, to the no win no one says you have to knock someone out if no. you can use all your physical if well, I'm fighting Klitschko won like a billion of his defences if I'm fighting a dwarf who's got two knives I'm not going to go and stand next to him and start trying to kick him I'm just going to fucking punch and him and you've from got his... a spear you're going to keep him at long distance yeah. I'm, I'm little... come here son let's have a tear up dwarfy is getting it from afar I'm going to poke him God Oh, fuck off, dwarfy. Get out of my shape. You're going to poke that dwarf. <laughs> Sorry to anyone who's vertically challenged out there. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't be sensible to do that. And I think for, they must have... Just admit, I, I, I think all this, all this comes down to is... Well, not all of it, but a large portion of this will be how much composure AJ has. And I just don't believe in his composure. We'll I think wait it, and see. But. I think it also comes down to how much did they underestimate Ruiz in the first fight versus how well have they prepared for him in the second yeah, fight. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, because also, don't forget, they they were preparing for Jarrell Miller, who's a lot bigger. Like, in every... He's still a fat fuck. Um, you know, he's got the, the Ruiz belly on him, but he's a broader man. He's a taller man. That he's, was another thing that Buncey started going about. He referred to that, and he was a big, big baby Miller. He's a devastating puncher. Devastating. I thought to myself... By what metric? Like, not in the elite heavyweight metric. No, no, he's not. I'm sure he could knock me out, but like, you can't. What? What authority are you saying that with? That's that's what they were preparing for. The the fierce, ferocious, punching power of AJ Miller. Fuck off. But also, if I had enough drugs pumped inside of me to beat every medical issue on the planet then I would anticipate that I could punch pretty hard. 
And yet he still isn't a devastating puncher, Miller. There's no evidence to show us that. Um, so, yeah, I, how do you predict it? Oh, you know, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to lie about it. My, my heart is probably in a Ruiz victory. And the reason it's in a Ruiz victory, realistically, is because I want to see a unified heavyweight. And I see that more likely sooner with Ruiz than I do with Joshua. Well, Ruiz is part of the PBC which is what Wilder's part of. So therefore, there is the opportunity to make that. If Joshua wins, we go back to the, oh, I offered him that and I offered exactly. to wank him off behind the sheds and I offered to give him a blowy. And I feel like Fuck even if Fury off, fights Wilder and wins, there's still the possibility for Ruiz and Mark Fury will want to fight. Whereas yeah. exactly what you said, if, J- if AJ wins, it will go back to the mess of before where they've got all the cards and they do, uh, you know, suddenly it'll be, you know, we've got three belts. Yeah, but... You've got a loss on your record now. Ah, oh, no, don't worry about that. It didn't happen. No, I haven't. <laughs> Speak to my lawyer about it. <laughs> We've put in a complaint. It didn't I've happen. complained to God because he sent that punch down. <laughs> and actually, turns out he's not real either. So <laughs> so it didn't actually come from anywhere. Yeah. Therefore, so therefore, it didn't happen. Yeah, there you go. But who says press conference over? Let's go. 2019 didn't happen. I'm still the... You know, We're still I'm 75%. You're 25%. So frustrating. So from that aspect... So, okay, my heart is in that, I think. That um, wilder punch where he iced Ortiz. Uh, iced him. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. right hand. But and he was, Boom! He'd lost all seven doesn't rounds matter. at that point. Like, why does it matter? No, no, it doesn't, well... No, it doesn't matter. It's just... If you back yourself... <laughs> can you imagine if he just had just a little bit more style? All he'd do for the whole fight is like moonwalk around the ring doing little fancy dance moves and then at one point just go... Bang! Like that, like um, Brad Pitt's character from Snatch or whatever. Yeah. Just gets hammered for the time and then goes bang, one knockout punch. That's what you want to see. You want to see him have just a little bit of a Like, ow! Are you going to fight tonight? With that one punch, mate, in the locker. That's <laughs> what I want. Hey. But we've had, we've had 10 rounds now, Deontay. You need to stop dancing. Still got two rounds. Oh! <laughs> 11. We've had 11 now, Deontay. Yeah, yeah. 10, 9, 8, bang! <laughs> And he's on the ropes dancing. <laughs> Why is the ref letting this continue? <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's it's Matt. I I yeah. So I hope Ruiz wins. Uh, I I want to be honest. I don't feel like I know. Still, don't know enough about boxing to be able to make an educated decision on where I think it's going to go. Like you've said about work on the inside and that. That's, this passes me, but I just don't get all that. I feel like probably AJ will use enough of what he has, be a bit more sensible and and win the fight. You know, with the caveat that he, if Ruiz can hurt him, he, that's the only way that I think he might lose composure doing it. If I had to put my mortgage on something, it would be probably an AJ win. We need to start where we're watching it. We do, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you can watch... Oh, can't... Oh. What's up? Well, I'm just thinking. I'm not paying for it. No, nah, I was well, thinking we could watch it here, but I'm thinking I need to stream it to a nah, TV. No, there's a pub over the road for mine. Oh, okay, is there? Right, and they're, showing, they're it. showing it. You could bring Michaela over. Uh-huh. Have a girls' night. We could invite a couple of others over. Leave all the chicks in one place. They can sit and, like, whatever Like a harem. 
I'd imagine they'll be shagging by the yeah. time we get back, and then we'll <laughs> just come and join in. No, um, women are a nightmare for that. Oh, honestly, all the time. Can't leave them alone for ten minutes. We go. Oh no. Oh, come back, and you're all scissoring again. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like a, a chef's knife convention. The scissor section. <laughs> we'll sort this out off air. <laughs> Don't I get this like, on Bunsen Costello, do you? <laughs> I remember in 1963. <laughs> well, the levels of bullshit are definitely there, just in a different <laughs> form. Um, Let's knock it on the head. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've actually got to go to work tonight. So uh, thank you very much for listening. If you've made it this far. Thank yeah, you all. Fair enough. I mean, if you've made it this far, congratulations. Yeah, probably won't hear from us again this year, I'd imagine. We might get together. So time. if you don't hear from us, uh, Merry Christmas. Um, and a happy new year to see you in 2020 apart from you you cad yeah I probably won't see uh, if you try and enforce yourself you'll probably get sued into submission and never exist again yeah uh, that was a dog, dog going mental downstairs that's my dog going mental so someone's about to bring to my house and kill us all so have turned up um, yeah hopefully we'll have something a bit fresher for you in the new year but I'm not promising anything because you know how reliable we are goodbye love you lots goodbye Watch it.